Welcome back to another episode of Suds and Cinema. My name's Kyle. I'm Jacob. My name's Julian McGoy. I like Revenge Sevenfold, the band. This is episode 168, and today we are talking about a haunting in Venice. Jacob, why are you laughing? Nothing. nothing first take. We're so professional. It's always first take. Yeah, we do everything. Got this. Take. It's pretty easy. 168 episodes later. I mean, I would hope so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we are talking Haunting in Venice, the latest Hercule Poirot film. Gotta be hyped for this one. Um, Jacob, intro question. Have you seen any of the other Hercule Poirot films? You mean like Murder on the Orient Express or Death on the Nile? Yeah, the two movies that you know very well. <laughs> no, I haven't seen either of those. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... What were, what were your expectations going into this? I mean, well, I didn't I, know anything. I haven't seen those. I either. had no expectations. I didn't even know what kind of movie it was until I'm like watching. I'm like, oh, it's like Spartacus. Okay. <laughs> yeah, classic who <laughs> I'm like, I literally had no idea what this was going to be about. And so I had no expectations. I didn't have high expectations because just purely judging on the poster <laughs> well you would assume that if you had no expectations that includes high or low expectations yeah yeah <laughs> All right. i was lacking expectations i was uh i was curious um when we chose this if you had seen them or not i i you know the, you watch just like random movies sometimes so i do okay well cool we'll get into uh we'll get into death on the nile or wait, what are we talking about? Haunting in Venice? <laughs> Haunting <laughs> in Venice soon. I literally just watched this movie today. That is that is sad. It's, I do uh, think it's weird that like the other two movies have like this red smoke coming out, and this mm. one doesn't, if it's supposed to be in like the same universe. Are you referring to the posters? Yeah, Death on the Nile, mm. it's like a boat with steam. I'm a or whatever coming out of it that's red. Right, and Murder right, on the right. Orient Express is a train with red smoke, and then this one is just people standing next to a bridge. Yeah, maybe they should have done this one like on a bus or a car, like in a car or something. You know, we got we got. And they had like a steamboat or, or something. <laughs> maybe a murder on a plane. I mean, I know that these are based off of novels, but uh, come on, let's something. Keep the, let's keep the transportation. In a car, <laughs> keep it so you know, keep the same thematic element going. All right, save your thoughts on on uh, murder on the Orient Express for later. Let's get into uh, I don't know what's new with you. I guess we can go over that first. Well, I did have a job interview, and like oh, the diff- good for you. <laughs> and I did find out like the difference between being like a new graduate and the difference of now being somebody with like six years of experience, very yeah. different interviewing experiences. Like the first one, they asked me so many questions, like what would you do in this situation? What have you done it when faced with this? What do you think of this and this? Literally, they didn't, the only question they asked me in this interview was what questions do I have for them? <laughs> and the rest of it was just them telling me about the positions and all the positions they have available and which ones they think I should try for. <laughs> so I basically just picked one and he's like, okay, apply through our website for the official application. Then we'll give you the next steps in a few days. And that was it. 
All right. Well, you're in the you're on your way to getting that getting that job. Yeah, easy. I also have learned a. Do you ever use a parking brake? <laughs> um, I mean, not a lot, but uh, we're also in pretty flat land. I mean, I you're, technically you're supposed to use it, I guess, every time you park, but I've never followed that rule. I've followed. And I it never it, have either on a on a steep incline. Or See, decline, I, I didn't even know that. Oh, and goodness. then I got a random, <laughs> and it's pretty hilly here, and I've been mm-hmm. just parking normally. And then I was like, I got a TikTok that was like, you know, you should be using a parking brake on hills. I'm like, really? Where I don't even know where my parking brake is because, like, my car doesn't have one of those pulling up lever things. I'm actually embarrassed for you. Uh, it's probably a pressure. Uh, it's probably a pedal down by your brake. It is. Yeah. I always saw this mysterious pedal to the left that said on and off, and I'm like, what is this pedal? What does this do? <laughs> And now right. I use it every time. All right. Well, I'm sorry to my transmission for the damage I may have caused in the last <laughs> month to it, but now no, I know. Very cool. Well, uh, well that's it. I have, okay. Yeah, Jacob learned how to park. Um, uh, yep. Yeah. We have been in the process of moving, getting settled, getting things unpacked. Still a lot to do, but. Um, you know, we have a bed and a few things, so it's getting feeling a little bit more normal. But yeah, just that has been taking up a lot of time. So I my absolutely uh, hate my that. movie watching has gone down dramatically because <laughs> every waking minute I'm spent organizing or uh, moving stuff from my old house still. So see, yeah, that's why I just can... threw away like half the stuff I. Owned. Oh yeah! <laughs> I'm like never. Well, I, just, I can just buy another one of those. <laughs> dude, I literally made like 300 bucks today from. I got rid of like my old Xbox, a Wii that was just sitting around, a bunch of old games. I've had duplicates, movies, CDs. I'm like, I don't want any of this stuff. Like, get rid of it. And I just took it to distributors <laughs> and made like 300 bucks. I'm like, hell yeah! Oh, nice. See, that was more proactive than me. I waited too long to get the moving process going, so I'm just like, well, garbage it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, or I tried I to give away as much that. as I could first, and then, yeah, then yeah, I yeah. threw away the rest. Yeah. So yeah, um, as you uh, heard, Josh is not on this episode, but uh, we do have one announcement. We've we've received our packages, bag secured. Uh, we have a craft beer subscription now, so we'll be able to do the same beers, um, hopefully from here on out. But this episode. Since uh, Josh isn't on here, we're just gonna we're just gonna drink a different beer. We'll talk about each of them though. And uh, Jacob said his is perfect for this episode, so I'm gonna let him take over and describe his beer. Yes, so I will be drinking Bira Moretti, an Italian beer that comes from Venezia or Venice. Oh, how perfect! Wow. And I actually didn't even know it was from Venice. I just bought it because I'm like, oh, Italian beer, a movie in Italy. Perfect. But then I just looked and it said it's actually from Venice. So I'm like, even better. That is is a pale lager from, yeah, Bira Moretti coming in at 4.6% ABV. It has quite a description here. 
It says Bira Moretti is, or is it Bira Moretti is a quality beer made in the traditional way. It is the result of a production process that has remained almost unchanged since 1859. The best raw materials are used to make Bira Moretti, as well as a special blend of high quality hops that gives it a unique taste and fragrance, enhancing its perfectly balanced bitter taste. It is a bottom fermented beer with a golden color. This coloring is a result of the type of malt used in brewing. And then it says alcohol it is not a strong beer and is therefore perfect for drinking at lunch, at dinner, or for evenings out with friends, or for recording podcasts. Wow. Wow. That's perfect in the description, too. They included <laughs> that for us. Yep. Perfect for recording podcasts like Suds and Cinema. Wow. Shout out from Bira Moretti. So, yeah, that's it. I'm not expecting much. I mean, I'm guessing this is like a domestic beer. So, what, Peroni is their big one? I'm guessing it's going to be similar to that. Oh, that's from the same brewery? Did I miss that? I mean, it's from Italy. Probably not the same brewery. (laughs) Gotcha. You were were referring to the country, not the brewery. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. Um, Is that it for that beer? Uh, Yeah. Your description before you crack it? Okay. Well. Let me get into mine, and then we'll then we'll do our taste. Um, don't want to uh, don't want to overshadow your because your beer is perfect tie-in with the movie. But uh, I'm thinking this yes. one's going to taste a little bit better because I am drinking <laughs> Rare Fog from Abomination Brewing, which is a triple dry hopped triple IPA coming in at 10.5 percent ABV. <laughs> With uh, with a four point three average on Untapped, uh, Abomination is out of North Haven, Connecticut, and uh, the description here reads: Rare Fog is a surprisingly smooth ten point five percent variant of our Fog series, brewed with Golden Promise and heavily flaked wheat and oat malt bill. It's then triple dry hopped aggressively with Mosaic, Pacific Jade, Citra, Summit, and a ridiculous amount of Galaxy, fluffy, juicy, pillowy, and dank. And uh, this uh, was a care package item from uh, from our dad, Travis. Shout out! I love you, Dad. <laughs> so yeah, I'm expecting uh, super hazy, super juicy IPA. Color looks great, but uh, we will see when I pour it myself. All right, should we? crack into these let's do it let's do it i'm holding the mic yeah, i think you can actually get a little bit of horror <laughs> sound in there oh you already tasted yours okay yeah. <laughs> Yum. Wow. <clears throat> Once again, I am sorry, Jacob. You're missing out on this, but uh, yeah. Yeah, this one kind of reminds me of this oh, one, like pretty bad. Flavor. <laughs> sorry. Tiger I had recently. Mm, mm-hmm. Called like Chang or something. Yeah, it's not great. 
it's very <laughs> like they talk about that bitter that they said they were covering up with something to balance it out. It's still pretty present, which isn't like necessarily bad because I like bitter. Yeah, that's but, not an inherently bad thing. But and it's just like I don't know. It's just very. I don't. It tastes like more like it's off than just bitter. <laughs> like hmm. has an off flavor, kind of like a Heineken. So it's not, not like as clean as a normal lager. I guess is that why it's called a pale lager? Yeah, I don't. I wonder why, or if it's just the color literally itself. <laughs> like, mm. yeah, it's different. It's. I mean, it's like it's fine, but it's not right. one I want to go back to <laughs> often. Yeah, a one and done. Well, I will say, rare fog is delicious it's pretty much what i expected it to be um super juicy super hazy but uh it's not that um it's more like a it's it's definitely more like a new england than like a one of those hazies and it's it is it's not it does say dank in the description but like i don't find it like that dank i don't know tamir to me I would use dank as like as like a negative descriptor for some beers because I don't like it to be super danky, um, but fluffy and juicy and pillowy. I I could see all of that. It is like a we've used the term recently soft, and that's kind of how I would describe it. Not very boozy for ten and a half percent either. Surprisingly smooth. Yeah, I usually think of like triple IPAs as kind of malty, like more sweet than like bitter mm-hmm. or danky there is there's like a i don't little, know about the triple dry hop or whatever right there's a little bitterness to it i think it's like the right it's it's the right amount for for this like if it was all juice and just like overpowering in that way it would also be a turnoff but i do think it's well balanced there's like just a little bit of hot bitterness but it's it would be super approachable to like someone that doesn't like IPAs also. Wow. Which I feel like is most um, people that kind of lean towards the hazies in the new Englands are, are that way. They don't like really like the American style or, you know, that bitter hoppy profile. But uh, I, yeah, I think, I think even like Josh would be, you know, a big fan of this. Someone who's, who's sick of the sick of the style. I think you would really like this too. So if you ever see it, Rare Fog, it's from, I mean, it's from Connecticut. It shouldn't be, I mean, oh, it, so might, it should be pretty easy be then. Yeah. I still don't know what your, what your average store looks like for variety and stuff, but um, it's on the East coast. So yeah, I'll tag you in the check-in and um, definitely look out for it. I did and see this beer when I was at Total Wine last that, Mm-hmm. I can't believe we haven't tried yet. It's ABT, or I don't know how it's pronounced, but it's ABT 12. And it's like a Belgian uh-huh. with a over four point rating on untapped. It's considered like one of the best beers Ooh, in the world. Uh, makes it. And from probably some Belgian brewery. Like I was going to say like, like literally from Belgium. Yeah, it's Rouge St. Bernardus. ABT 12. Let me see what the canner looks like. Oh, wait, have I had this? Like, I've seen it. 
It's not. Oh, that I didn't good. see any. Is it not that good? Oh, you did have it. Okay. This was in that um, variety pack. It had like four. Oh, different... Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. I was gonna I say mean, it looked familiar. <laughs> yeah, and it had the. And I'm like, why have I seen this? But I never checked it in. <laughs> I don't even. This wasn't even my favorite of that variety pack. I think the. Hmm. Let me see. Three, two, five, three, seven, five. Okay, no, actually, this one was my favorite. <laughs> I yeah, I didn't love. I didn't love any of the these from that brewery. Uh, the ABT twelve, the triple, the prior eight, and the Pater six is what I had, and um, all were mid to good at best, and uh. The ABT 12 was the good one. Well, none of them so, will ha- I, ever get done to you, I guess. No. Well, I bought another bottle of done to you actually last time I was at Horrocks. But no, you should try it. If it, I didn't know it was like that highly regarded. Like I would be interested to hear your take on it. If, uh, cause you're, you know, the other, my other Belgian buddy. Mm-hmm. You like the Belgians? I do. But, uh, yeah, I, we do have, um, we also have some more, belgians from travis as well to try i think i think you should be getting those in your next box or maybe the one you already sent i don't know anyway we'll talk about it but uh, anyway again shout out travis thank you daddy okay that's all i got on rare fog anything else you want to add on on yours nope it's mid okay mid well Well, if it changes let me know we'll revisit But in the meantime, are you ready to get into our featured review? Let's do it. Yeesh, let's do it. All right, we're talking A Haunting in Venice. Uh, A Haunting in Venice is directed by Kenneth Branagh. It is written by Michael Green and based on the novel Halloween. Halloween? Halloween. Halloween. Halloween party. It's Halloween, but with an apostrophe between the two E's. I don't know why. Why? (laughs) what what that means in terms of pronunciation um it stars kenneth Brana, Brana, michelle yo jamie dornan tina fey and some others plot synopsis reads in post-world war ii venice perot now retired and living in his own exile reluctantly attends a seance but when one of the guests is murdered it is up to the former detective to once again uncover the killer what did you think of haunting in venice I liked it. Uh, I I didn't hate it, but I don't know. Like this whodunit thing is kind of wearing out its welcome ever since the original that brought it back. What was it called? Glass onion, something onion. Knives out. <laughs> Knives out. No, oh, the wait. The other one was the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Glass onion was the sequel. <laughs> yeah. Knives out. The first one, which I really loved. But like since then, I don't think I think the genre is just kind of I don't know one note-ish, and I don't think this one does much more. It has like a lot of buildup too that seems kind of unnecessary. This like whole story of bringing him back in and stuff, which like I don't think was very important for the rest of the story. But I guess like I didn't even know this was part of like a trilogy. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, we didn't see the first two, so I mean, maybe it's like, maybe he like swore off of cases in Death on the Nile. He's like, I'm never going to be a detective again. 
So it's like yeah, important. and maybe, yeah, that's important. But because I didn't have any of that context, it just seemed like a lot of dragging on to get to the meat of the story. And then once it was there, I don't know. Some of, uh, I guess we're, we're just sticking to the general thoughts. <laughs> Nothing really surprised me about this. It did have some, I, I will say that they definitely attempted a lot of like interesting angles and such for cinematography wise. Uh, they oh, definitely God. were trying a we lot were... of things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whether it worked or not, eh, not I, for me, it didn't work a lot of the time, but at least they guess they were attempting to try some new things, but then it would go back to like very cliche horror tropes and scenes. I don't know. (laughs) It's just seemed to cut all over the place acting. I actually think the main guy, whatever his name, Perot. Yeah. Like his accent was kind of bad, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So like, I'm like, why did they even make him French? Why not just make it like they have an American here from Italy. Why didn't they just make him British, which apparently that he is British. So like, why not just, why can't he just be Wait, a British in the novel? Well, Kenneth Branagh is British, but I, I'm no, I mean like the actor. Yeah. The, yeah. Assuming I'm assuming there's yeah, a why like you can, t- or just get like a yeah. French guy, Yeah, <laughs> like I get don't. a French actor to do it then. <laughs> or, or, just change it to a British guy instead and change the name. Like it just, it took away from me a lot because his accent was like not good. So it just gave it this weird, like almost campy feel to the movie, which I don't, why I I don't know. (laughs) I just felt like it kept going in and out of like this campy serious. And then to the seriousness. And I'm like, how am I supposed to feel about what's happening? Like, is this like, yeah, it was I so also totally weird. Was yeah, I was lost on the tone as well. I mean, from what I've heard of these movies, this is all secondhand. Uh, so I I haven't seen the first two, but they're supposed to be kind of campy and goofy and fun. But I don't really feel like that this movie towed that line. It felt much more serious and like dark. And I guess that's because of like the horror thriller angle that they put in. But yeah, it didn't really come across any other way so i don't know i i don't know what the tone was going for either i'm with you on that yeah and yeah i just don't think the acting overall was anything that like good great (laughs) even yeah but like yeah and then like when you finally get you know it's a whodunit so once you get to the whole reveal it's just kind of like i don't know it didn't feel like i could have made those connections but yes yeah just (laughs) Kind of was like, I thought it was pretty, pretty bad, actually. Like it was, (laughs) at least it was short. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much right with you. Um, I, again, haven't seen the first two, but this one felt just tonally weird. There did feel like a couple of attempts at humor that didn't land. And then just, yeah, the whole whodunit angle it it was so it just felt repetitive like he would go to one person and like interview them and then to the next person and then you would you know they would make these like little connections and stuff and then yeah when it got to the end it didn't feel rewarding at all to like hear that or like 
to figure it out and the motivations felt weak and like that when it comes together at the end knives out's a good example when they do it right and they do it you know that's rewarding and like you could maybe figure that you could figure that out by, on your own but in this like it just felt like such like an exposition dump at the end where it was like oh this is everything and yeah you probably could never figure that out on your own and uh you know that's the ending and this movie has zero rewatchability because you know that now and there's nothing you're going to pick up on on a second viewing so exactly (laughs) uh yeah plot wise didn't care for it i fucking hated the cinematography it is going for (laughs) it is going for things but like just piss poorly like Every I would say half of the shots are at like a Dutch angle. Everything is yeah, it's literally like the first shot. I'm like, oh, a Dutch angle. That's new. <laughs> yeah, it tries like this is like such like a try hard looking movie where it's like it even has like the camera spin where it, the shot ends upside the down. Upside down. Yes, yeah, yep. like I'm like, oh, We've this is like that. the Green Knight. Yep. <laughs> like upside down scene, but like it's, it's so like, bad in this. Yeah. It's just like in all the shots that it's like trying to do something like different or interesting. It's like it doesn't fit like the like the thematics of what's going on or the movie or anything. It's just like, okay, let's just do this here and this here. And it's like, no, like the shots should have some like thematic meaning behind them also. That's what like makes a good cinematographer. And this is just like, okay, what if we just uh, what if we frame everybody to the bottom right? And there's nothing in the background. There's nothing else you need to focus on. It's just there's just a conversational scene, but we're gonna <laughs> just, frame everybody yeah. in the bottom right for some reason. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, I hated it. Um, there was a the score is an interesting component because the this um I want to it's Hildur something I forget her full name Hildur I couldn't even pronounce it anyway the Icelandic uh girl lady that did Joker and uh, Tar did the music for this movie but it was weird like i don't even remember it It like it didn't stand out yeah i can't remember anything like uh could have just been like a job for her like she's like okay i'm just gonna do this next so like i'm i'm assuming it wasn't bad but it also didn't stand out and i don't remember it which is i mean i guess you could say that's a negative as well but i was too busy confused uh, by the dutch angles (laughs) yeah i'm not willing to take a stance on the score yet but um yeah, I'm I'm with you on the performances too. I mean, S- Jamie Dornan I thought was pretty bad. Like his like traumatized soldier doctor story. Yeah. Oh my god, it just he, felt so fake and over the top. His the first his introduction was so bad. Him in the chair, like I don't, I don't even I can't even. Yes. Just with like, the, and with like, the kid too, like bad. it just made it so much worse. Oh, the, the kid was bad too. Like that overly smart kid, where it's like, okay, this isn't even like realistic or believable but i mean i have to go along with it for the plot because it does play a, a big part in the plot by the end um yeah. but yeah i mean hercule perot like i i i guess that's supposed to be campy and goofy but i don't know that from the previous two movies um i mean tina fey was okay like she kind of seemed out of place though like she was just being herself which you know was is weird to put her in one of these movies because she stands out um I'd probably say the best performance was Michelle. Yeah, I Yo. thought she was supposed to be funnier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, oh, she's not really doing anything. So like, why her then? I don't know. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm semi mixed on the performances, but I'm leaning more towards the negative. So there's, I mean, really there's not a ton of redeeming qualities. Like, I mean, some of the light I've com- compared to last week when we watched the nun too, some of the lighting was a lot better. Like everybody, I could see everybody's faces even when most of the movie takes place at night and in the dark. <laughs> um, so props there, but why was this set in Venice too? Like we had like some establishing shots and then I don't know if right? that was actually in Italy, but I was wondering the we're, same thing we're placed in a house the whole time. Like, so you can't get, even like, see it. Yeah. Like it has to it definitely has a part to play in the plot, but like, I don't know these, you know, it didn't, it didn't, uh, it didn't take pl- It didn't use its location very well is all I'll say. But uh, yeah, that's about it for my general thoughts, I guess. It also did that thing where like everybody is speaking English and I'm just like, so it's a Frenchman <laughs> in Italy and yeah, the, the Italians are, like, are speaking from... English yeah, to these, him. The, I was thinking, the, guy that, the guy that was telling the story, I was like, okay, this guy would be from Italy. So like, wouldn't he be telling like the, the you know, the kid ghost story or whatever? Wouldn't he be telling that story in Italian? <laughs> But no, it's uh, yeah, and he was telling it in per- like just American English. Yeah, he didn't too? even have an accent. I'm just like, what was is this? Where, like people like they're like. Though oh, I will say the cutouts were probably the coolest thing in this. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like how it looked like that was like a cool looking scene, but that, if it peaks yeah. that early, then we're in trouble. Uh okay. Well, there's a lot of spoilers in this movie. I mean, we both have given our general thoughts, so. Um, if we want to talk freely about it now, anything that we talk about after this could include spoilers. So if you're interested in haunting in Venice, check it out. But, uh, I would say you might want to wait till it's streaming or if you're a completionist for Perot, unlike (laughs) us, check it out. Um, what I was going to say about my first spoiler was, I almost said it in my general thoughts, but I held off was, uh, my favorite performance was Michelle Yeoh, but unfortunately she's only in it for like. 15 or 20 minutes and then she uh <laughs> yeah doesn't make it very doesn't make it very long but um yeah that was that was unfortunate um i don't know what do you have for spoilers so i think one of the things that hurt this most and what makes it like so like egregious as a who done it is the supernatural like aspect of it with like ghosts being mm. involved and everything because like that's what breaks it for you being able to like figure out yourself like oh yeah i remember that but like because he's like on drugs or whatever or yeah that, that, slash maybe some... it's actually ghosts right i feel like they they want to leave it ambiguous but it doesn't really like make it more interesting or or raise many questions other than I guess like would it is it real or not? And there's definitely aspects to it that uh I guess that would be like that would be like the only thing and it wouldn't even be that interesting on a rewatch would be to see when when those things start. It would be after he drinks the tea, I assume. But yeah, after anyway. Yeah, which is super early on. Okay, which is pretty early, yeah. The one, the one scene I had the biggest question on was like, okay, if he shut the water off for sure and it didn't turn off, then like it's leaning towards, yes, it is. There is something supernatural going on. But if anything happens post tea drinking, then uh, you could assume it's all in his head or whatever. 
except for like the last scene with the roof. If she didn't get pulled off by a ghost, <laughs> like did she trip or did he push her? Like what happened then? And then if she yeah, fell well, off the roof into water, asked. like she probably yeah, wouldn't yeah. have died. <laughs> so how did she get dragged down to the bottom then? <laughs> yeah, especially water that was like already moving pretty high <laughs> too. So yeah. I don't know, like just having the supernatural element to it or the even the drug element kind of breaks it because he's seeing things that don't exist. So how are we supposed to as the audience know what's real or not then like then we can never know who could be doing it because it's like it could Does be magic the, basically well i mean that to me that's what the honey is already like does it make sense that one thing would be able to do different things and all of these things at the same time like to the girl like it, to him it was a hallucinogenic but like to the girl it was it like weakened her and bedridden her and i mean she did have the hallucinations all i guess he felt weak too okay it's it's yeah this movie is airtight i gotta say <laughs> oh. <laughs> i'm just like recounting in my like does that make sense okay yeah that, i guess that they did put that in the movie but yeah it doesn't yeah. make it more interesting i don't know just like the worst thing for me was we find out that the mother is the killer and you that is like something that we've seen in movies before where they love their kids so much they don't want to let them go like oh, fuck what was that movie that we reviewed run you know like she gives her the pills like that oh like, yeah legs don't work but it's only yeah. interesting when it's like you there's more character development especially for like those two people like we never see the daughter and we never yeah see we don't ever movie. see the daughter <laughs> yeah so it's like when you find that out at the end, it just feels so like, why would she have done that? Or, you know, you, you have to fill in a lot yeah, of, we don't know enough about your head. Yeah, exactly. Like to justify that, like you really need to be, you really need to develop the mom and the daughter more and like know them. Or even like those things are only interesting when you're seeing it from their POV and like, they're like, Oh, why am I feeling so sick or whatever? And then they find out it's this and it's, you know, n more nefarious. Yes. <laughs> then it's much darker too, right? Yeah, I mean that was my only thought while watching it. Like the yeah, I don't know. The whole like this who done it, especially from this angle, like I said, it felt repetitive him going to each person and then you know, by the end you're like expecting you you already are guessing who do I who do I not think it's going to be? Okay, it's probably that person. <laughs> like I I went in expecting it. I went in knowing that Tina Fey was was using this as leverage for another book like I was like called that like right from the beginning when she said that which if yeah that was so obvious I'm like I thought I didn't even think that was supposed to be a reveal I thought that literally was just like we yeah. knew that going by the time she got there it's like I thought I don't know for some reason I thought she like basically said that yeah I just want you here because I want to watch you and maybe I get a book or something but I then mean, it was like I, revealed later. I'm like, they treat wait, everything what? like a reveal, even, even the, even the most obvious things. But I, you know, that's how these, these play out for people that couldn't follow along or couldn't predict that. And they're like, Oh my God, what? But besides that, I did, I like, I was like, okay, it's my first thought was like, it's why, you know, why would it be the mom? And then, uh, 
my other least who's my other least suspected person <laughs> oh i think it was like the bodyguard or whatever but anyway then you know, yeah i didn't think it mom. was gonna be him <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah there, there's and there's more there's there's almost like a side angle with everybody so like everybody isn't guilty but there's like almost a reveal a mini reveal with each person it's like the, there's the thing with the mom obviously the bodyguard who oh he was he was the cop that was there pulled her out um and then there's the whole the doctor angle and his son which that was probably like the corniest thing that the son was writing God, it was gross. these ransom notes and that leads to another big question of like if so there's a scene where he gets locked into the music room, right? Cause presumably I think he, what happens to him? Does he drink some tea or something? I don't know. Anyway, he's like, needs to rest. He gets locked in the music room and then she calls. No, him. I thought he just had like a PTSD attack or something. Oh, I, who knows? And he started p- know. attacking that one guy. Well, Oh, Oh yeah. I went to the bathroom at that part. Yeah. And then they got into a fight and I was like, why are they fighting? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, he yeah he anyway, he takes rest into the music room and then she calls him and says, "Oh, I have your son or whatever, and I know you wrote the ransom notes, like, but like if the son was writing the ransom notes, how does if she called him and said that, wouldn't he like be like, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, I didn't do that. But he doesn't say that, and he just is like, oh my god, okay, if I gotta protect my son, I'll kill myself. That scene was like, yeah. Well, I also thought it was like, weird anyway weird. because she. Well, she gave him the key and she's like, this is the only way in. I should just lock it. Why? Why? <laughs> exactly. though? It's, she says <laughs> it's all, the worst part is the dialogue. Like, we need to lock it to protect. Yeah, him. it's so awkward. <laughs> it's like, what is that going to do now that he might hurt himself in a room where we can't get to him to help him? Like, yeah, except for one person with the key. key. Yeah, <laughs> it's like so that funny. literally made no sense. And she said that I'm like, but that seems like the worst idea for somebody who's going through a mental problem. <laughs> Oh, it's the forties. They don't give a fuck. And there's a fucking saber in there. You and like this guy's unstable. You just want to lock him in this room. Yeah, that seems logical to me. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's there's just a lot of like stupid things like that, and I don't know. Like th- this could be like an adaptation problem, or I mean, maybe the book is written like that, and maybe it's more of like a a satisfying reveal. I mean, the book has to be Long, knows, much longer, but, right? Yeah, <laughs> probably much longer too. Yeah, so who knows what shortcuts and liberties were taken? But I, yeah, I just don't think the writing is as strong as probably the book. Or I don't know. I've heard this is like one of the better ones in this trilogy, or the best one in this trilogy. And if that's true, Oof. then I do not want to watch the other two. But yeah. Um, I also want to mention the that like Hungarian sister and brother. What was uh, their purpose of like even being in this? And like Um, when they started talking about their whole like (laughs) their whole like thing about Missouri and shit. Like what I'm like, what does this have to do with anything? Yeah, they kind of feel like people that might have had more of a storyline in a, in the book, but they got sidelined because they are kind of secondary because they're not related to like the family at all, like the the daughter or the mom that gets uh the daughter that gets killed. They're like assistants to 
the the medium who dies and that does there is something that gives them motive to kill her but it's not like i feel like it's not as crucial of a tie-in as like the other people like the fiance or the mom or you know said other people yeah that's just my off the top of my head what why i why i don't think they had such like a important role yeah and then they just try to make them important again at the end because she's like well what should you do with all that money well i have an idea what you should do with the money and yeah then, like it, give it to these rank why doesn't they just keep it for the family who's adopting him i don't know well okay <laughs> the other part to that is like it's it it came across like they were doing something so charitable like these these two kids like really needed it and maybe they do but why are do you have do we have dialogue throughout the whole movie saying we were fine before her we'll be fine after her like okay <laughs> yeah, exactly like, there's no and there's no undercutting of that there's no like it's not them being like cocky and like oh maybe they really are struggling because we don't see that because we don't get enough screen time with them it literally just is like the dialogue is all we have to go off of they said we were fine before her we'll be fine after her that's i take it at face value then <laughs> and yeah so the end just seems like it's not again it's nothing is like rewarding in this movie it's like nothing is like an aha moment yeah. And the most unbelievable thing, who somehow gets to Venice, Italy, like through whatever way they end up there and wants so badly to go back to Missouri. <laughs> um, I don't even remember their motivation for wanting to go to Missouri in the first I, place. Like they but... met some kind of people there who like they watched half oh. a movie and stuff and they loved it. And I'm like, What? Like, I just don't know. It was just like exposition about how they had a good time with and met good people there. And then they want to go back. And I'm like, why did they leave? I like, I didn't catch that. Like, if it was so great, like, why'd they leave in the first place then? And how'd they end up in Venice? And how'd they get from Hungary to Missouri in the first place? You figure it out. I'm getting out of here. It never like that. Those dots never connected. And I'm just like, okay, now these are just very useless characters in this, except to add more people to make it more confusing, I guess, for the whodunit. Yeah, exactly. That is exactly right. Again, writing doesn't, uh, doesn't hold up the best to scrutiny, but, uh, I don't know. I think that's all I have for plus stuff. I did there. I did want to mention the editing because I rarely notice like editing in movies unless it's like pretty bad. And there was some like very quick, very abrupt cuts in this, especially in the beginning that I thought were like pretty bad. Are you talking about like when he's walking out to like the bridge to like, and he like flips it over? Yeah, there's a a few in the beginning that again, I couldn't remember exactly, but I took a mental note. I was like, why is this so like jumpy and just. I don't know. It did feel choppy. Yeah. Yeah, choppy, exactly. But uh that kind of settled in the in the middle and then there's a few other parts, but yeah, I wouldn't I uh it's not something I would not a movie I would say is uh good or great editing. No. Okay. Uh anything else on a haunting in Venice? Uh no. Okay. Well, what are you gonna get of it out of five stars? I feel like I'm on the lines of cobweb, so I got to give it a two. Well, I am also a two. I 
I figured we would be close. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Okay. Um, let's move on to some nano reviews. Uh, as I said, my watching has my movie watching has gone down severely, but uh, I do have a couple shows I could talk about. I said I would finish Baki, and I did. Do you want to start with that? Yes, let's start with that. Okay. Well, I mean, we can probably burn through it pretty quick, but um, I really liked the second half of the season. I mean, obviously, it has to do, like I said, tying it back into the family stuff. I feel like that's the most important or the most interesting thing in Baki is uh, his relationship with his dad and him wanting to beat him. And they finally come to a head in uh, this season and they fight. And I thought that was pretty great. Um, Lots of cool and interesting moments there. Uh, Like I kind of, I'm kind of split on like the awakening part or whatever, like where he, you know, spins him around like nunchucks and like, just doesn't take any damage or when he was hitting him against the bus and stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah but like it's supposed he's like please live son and then he like and then he does and then he's i don't know some, <laughs> his dna or something is awakened i don't know that stuff was kind of corny yeah. but the whole show is kind of corny so i was like oh, okay i'm split on this do i like it or not uh but then i really liked the ending like the last episode when he, i loved it yeah when they do the imagining of the the dinner and then he's like strength it like the the perception of strength or whatever is to like uh, mold your will to your opponent or something along those lines. And like, he's like, yeah, like you made me cook dinner for you or whatever, even if it was imaginary. And so Mm -hmm. like he gave him like the title of strongest in the world and yeah, all that shit was great. But he couldn't hear it. So then he told him he won the fight or whatever (laughs) because his eardrums are blown. Yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, I don't know. What it, did you have anything else on? I mean, I just absolutely loved the scenes. First, when he, they had had the like dinner at his place, like yeah. that whole part. It's just like, wow, he prays before he think. Is he thinking the food or is he thinking me? Yeah. <laughs> and like, and then he's like, "You wash the dishes, Dad." And he's like rock paper scissors yeah. <laughs> and then he does rock and he's like sometimes scissors cut rock <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he's like through sheer and then force, like you know anything can win. yeah like, anything will beat whatever you put out <laughs> yeah he's like that's cheating and he's washing the dishes and then like they're just their dinner scene at the next place too like those moments i just yeah were great and it did also give a throwback to the original season when he was hugging the mom and then it gave more context, which I don't know if like the original actually it thought any deeper than he's just crazy and he killed the mom. But like this one showed he hugged Baki a lot, not because he wanted to kill him, but he was just hoping he would be strong enough to be able to take it. So he can actually like show love and somebody can take it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And all the stuff of him just like being, happy that he is like he's like all oh, like he finally has like an opponent you know and it's his son and yeah he can go then, out uh, all in yeah and they like the throwback to like the tomb stuff too which is like they don't cut away a lot from the from their back and forth which i like because sometimes they'll go to like on all these tangents and then the narrator cuts in a lot and that is yeah. like <laughs> not very often in this 
in the second part of this season, I should say, which thank God. But yeah, I actually liked how that tomb stuff like related back to their fight. And they're like kind of I don't know if it's supposed to be the same bloodline or just like a, a metaphor saying that like fathers and sons will always fight. Yeah, well, it did show his father's ghost, too, and he was even more jacked. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like they're getting smaller with that every generation, though. Like Baki's like super short, right? And then and buff, but like his dad is super tall and buff. And then his dad was just like a tank person. Well, the creator of this show must be like revisionist history, or just like not know anything about science because humans have been. I mean, people were way shorter back then, and exactly, like yeah, height and. We're know. getting taller because Pickle we have better food like, and stuff. Pickle is like, like the biggest being of all time. And he was, uh, you know, from the Jurassic era. So who knows what the fuck this show is doing. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. So do you well, think I'm assuming there's the, going to be more too? Well, I was going to say, do no. you think that this is the end? Because I know that the manga continues, but I don't know if they like, I don't know if this was the if this was true to the story, I mean, I don't read manga or anything like that, but it seems like a good place yeah. to end it to me. If they wanted to just be free of the responsibility of creating the show more, I mean, obviously they're beholden to money more than anything. So if it was a lot of people watched it, then they'll make, keep making it. But it seems like a good place to end to me. Like I would be satisfied. I do think it is a good more. place, but I do feel like, just the fact that they spent so much time on building a pickle. And then in this, he fought for about half a second and got his tooth knocked out. And then that was it. I was just like, yeah. oh, he doesn't have more to do in this. <laughs> like, that was it. Yeah, I could but. see that. But I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, again, like that could be just a thing where like the pickle arc is self sustaining. And then he watches the fight and is like enamored by it. And, because of the fight with Baki, they have like this bond. So he tries to step in for him. And that just seems like a, like a nice character moment more than anything. Like it doesn't seem like there needs yeah, to be like, he's learned his place. Yeah. It doesn't seem like there needs to be like a conclusion with pickle where somebody like kills him or beats the shit out of him. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely this would be a good way into it. Like you don't need more. Baki's the strongest. Right. The end but I would Baki. watch more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm the okay. same. That's, yeah, that's all I have on Baki. Baki Hanma, I should say. Overall, yeah, I had to, I mean, you could, I use my anime list still and you have to rate the season and it's just sad that the first half brings it down so much for me because I think I ended up giving it like a five or a six when the second half is more like a seven or an eight and I want to give it that, but first half brings it down. Okay, you have anything? Anything else? Uh, yeah, I watched a couple of movies. Okay, why don't you go? All right, well, I guess I'll go to another one I watched in theaters. So it's still in theaters here. I doubt it's in theaters there, but I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Mm. And it definitely feels like a kid's movie, <laughs> which obviously I'm assuming it is. Oh, shit, dude. So it's not very deep. It doesn't, and like, not even just saying it's not deep, but it doesn't necessarily have like a ton of messaging either that I feel like I could gain from it. It's pretty one note, but it's also goes to interesting areas. Like 
the people who were like bad guys that I remember growing up were like not really bad guys in this. Like Bebop, it was just Rocksteady. yeah, Rocksteady. Yeah, like they're so different. Like this feels so disconnected from like the show, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I grew up with. Like Splinter <laughs> is kind of like goofy and just an old dad who can still fight in like a scene, but like he's like the old like Sifu like master. Mm. in the other show in the regular like that i know him as and then shredder's not a part of this and he was like very dark evil villain whereas like the villain of, in this one's not really like a villain he just has a different idea of how he wants the world to be he ends up kind of just being like a villain in the end but at least at first he has like a reason for why he's doing the evil things not just like i'm bad so like that's nice and then yeah, I mean, the animation is awesome, though. It is feels very video game. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. So it's like from Sony, I think. So, you know, they've been very keen on this style with this Mitchell's versus the Machines, obviously uh, Spider-Verse movies. Um, I Comparing it to those, what's your thoughts? It's nowhere in the same realm as Spider-Verse. <laughs> Mm-hmm. but it's definitely looks good and it's interesting, but it honestly like the, I wouldn't say Spider-Verse feels video game esque at all. It's very much animated and like, right. stylized. Whereas this, for some reason I just kept feeling like I'm watching like almost like a cutscene, like in a game <laughs> about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But it does look good. Like it, it doesn't look bad at all. It's just not in the stratosphere of, the Spider-Verse, especially across the Spider-Verse. But yeah, it looks good. Animation's good. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a fun movie. I just, it's fine. I think it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's getting like a lot of praise, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, I think, I think movies with that animation style, people kind of cream over just because of that when it's, obviously not the only element to the movie you know we look at every element and i don't know i feel like some people kind of boost it just because of that but yeah i've heard i've heard the i've yeah. heard the same plot problems that you have it's you know very much kids movie it's you know there's some elements to to discount for sure but i'm i'm still interested in it i'm sure it's it's good but it's not yeah it's not on those same spider verse levels or even i liked mitchell's versus machines quite a bit oh no See, I haven't seen that, so I can't. But it's definitely not Spider-Verse show. You were not like, on that at episode? Did, oh, Mitchell's... Re- that's what I couldn't think... Of. Okay, wait. <laughs> I was like, wait. I like that one, though, a lot. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we watched that all together, our Joshua's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, like, I, Wait. <laughs> yeah. I totally forgot about that movie. That feels like forever ago. Well, it was. So, I wouldn't so. even say it's like quite... I mean, when Josh that was one was pretty simple too, but but this one feels like more clumsy in that, like, and especially some of the like the jo- the writing. People assuming so. <laughs> Sorry, a little late on that, but <clears throat> all right. What were you saying? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> definitely, like, I don't know. Some of the like writing and stuff, I think, is going to date itself very quickly because it's very mm. now, like Gen Z. <laughs> type yeah. jokes like 
jokes are too relevant or time relevant. Yeah, it yeah. very, very much so. And even like a lot of the comments they make, like one of it, like it's a joke about like a Tesla and stuff. And like, I just don't know how relevant maybe that will be. <laughs> yeah. But that it's very sense. relevant now. And some of them are pretty like God chuckle, but I would say it also is not nearly as funny as like some of the people behind me were laughing. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. Not, not great. Well, cool. Uh, do you want to rate it or leave that? Yeah. Yeah. I gave it a three. Okay. Yeah. I'm interested to check that out. Uh, maybe when it's streaming, but, uh, yeah, don't want to, not going to pay for it. So yeah. AMC um, stubs. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, there's other things that I'm prioritizing now, even in theaters. Um, okay. I have one more thing, and it is TV. But uh, I'm glad I forgot. I actually, this I had this ready for from last week. I'm glad I forgot to talk about it, though, because I don't have any other movies. Uh, I did watch the first episode of the One Piece live action remake or series. Oh, I watched that as well, actually, so... Okay. You watched just the first episode? Just one, yeah, just more? the first episode. Okay. Um, good. I'm glad. <laughs> Tell me if I'm off base here. This show is getting a lot of praise. I don't, I don't know why. I don't see it. I think it's pretty bad. Pretty terrible. There's a few things that it does right, and there's a few things that it does better comparatively to other anime live action adaptations, but that doesn't make it good. Like just because it you compare it to shit doesn't make this good, and I'll I'll say my complaints with it. I think it's I think it looks awful. It looks like a theater production, like play, and that is because they chose to go the route of like making a lot of the sets. So that's cool, but it's not shot in like a cinematic way or even some TV. It doesn't hold up to some mid-level TV shows. It looks awful, I think. And even just like the camera movements and the cinematography looks bad. Uh, the acting is also very bad. Uh, they do use a lot of like non, like no names, you know, people that are unrecognizable, which is great for them, but they can't act. Um, I mean, they fit some of their characters well, but like, just like the acting itself and like their delivery is so bad. Uh, and then outside of that, like it kind of captures the spirit of the show, but I always found one piece to be pretty funny and this was just like cringy and I never laughed. So all of those things together, I found it to be pretty bad. I do like the costume design. I do think some of that is pretty spot on, especially for like translating those extreme proportions that you find in anime. It can be hard to do, but some of the costumes look pretty good. Not all of them, but I'm trying to give the show a little bit of credit here. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Why don't you tell me what you thought, Jacob? Am I off base here or uh, am I spot on? Not at all. I so like I was actually really interested in what you would say because you're a fan of the anime and mm -hmm. I don't really watch the anime much. So I'm like maybe I just am missing it because like I'm not a fan of the anime. So maybe this is like I mean I did watch like it back in the day like the first 
like hundred episodes or something, but that was like so you've seen ten I mean, years in terms ago, of story, fifteen years in terms ago. Of story though, well, yeah, but in terms of story, you've seen everything that this first season will that cover. this would be cover. I yeah, did. I don't that. remember any of it though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, like dude, I was I, watching this, I'm like, wow, I literally don't remember any of this. So if this no, is if the same as the anime, ago, I don't remember it at all. <laughs> if, it, if it was ten years ago, that's roughly when I was watching the first hundred or so episodes. So I, I think it was. So this was Toonami, like for right. kids TV mm-hmm. when I yeah. watched it. So it might have been like middle it school actually when I watched this. Okay, well, yeah. Jacob, we graduated 13 years ago. So Oh, my the, God. So it was probably like 20. No. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like 20 years ago. Holy shit, we're old as fuck. <laughs> I started so, yeah. after we graduated high school, and I don't think I started till 2013 or 2014 is when I started Okay, it. so then oh. I watched it back in like middle school, so like 20 yeah. years ago. <laughs> no wonder you can't remember. I was like, I remember some of the story. like, And they they have recap episodes a lot, and like they recount like the first, you know, so many arcs and st- shit like that. But yeah, you, you haven't made it to any of those. So yeah, no. So I didn't like at the story other than him eating the gum gum fruit. I don't remember any of the everything else. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm just like, maybe I just, you know, I just don't I'm not in it anymore. So I'm just like not getting the feeling because I know people have been really loving this, which is rare especially when you take such a beloved anime and make it live action, like you, you almost guarantee that people are going to absolutely hate it no matter what. Yeah, exactly. And I swear to God, don't. Sorry. I want you to finish. And then I have a theory, but I, I, well, my thing is I think they just did an amazing marketing campaign for it where they, (laughs) they had like, they had like the Japanese voice actor, actors who dubbing the Japanese version and they had them with them. And then they had like where they're talking about how they made sure to green light everything with like the series creator. Yes. So I think it was just like that stuff. <laughs> well, not even green light. He was like, it, he was heavily involved in the process of making it and yeah, all of the marketing for it. It kind of seemed like a project that was, is too big to fail. And like people just, somehow go along with it and throw away their own like creative mind or or critiques when watching it and just like oh yeah netflix told me i have to love this so i'm gonna love it when it's like i don't know compare it to any other well it's like amazing marketing because it almost like transformed their mind they're like no i'm gonna hate this but no i'm surprised i actually like it it's like but why though like because yeah (laughs) <laughs> I'm like maybe I'm missing it but yeah I think it's in- it was incredibly cheesy and like like cringy almost it, like um there was the I've one character who's with Luffy who's like the kid or whatever he saved on the pirate ship like he was oh, terrible um, yeah did you recognize who it was uh Kobe Kobe is who you're thinking of did Kobe, you recognize yeah. who the actor was though no, but I think I saw it later, but I don't remember it's, now. <laughs> it's the kid from um, Evil Dead Rise. Oh, great! The I think the son in that. Wait, it's a, okay, yeah, it's a it's a him. I just want to make sure I get the pronouns right. It, it's a yeah, the son in Evil Dead Rise. He plays Kobe in this, and yeah, I thought he was pretty bad in this, but um, I I a lot of comments I saw and like reviews were like. Oh, I've never seen the anime, but this was awesome. Like, so I don't know how many fans, what like the fans actually think of it, like what the real One Piece fans think of it. 
and I'm sure some people. I like think it's it. like loved on both sides for some reason. Because I, I know I've seen a lot of people like I follow who talk about One Piece a lot, and then they were just yeah. like, "Wow, I'm surprised. I actually really love it. They killed it with this." Yeah, that's interesting. That's why I was really excited to see what you would think because I was like, "Well, you actually watch it, so maybe I just." I'm not, get, I don't get it because I don't know the atmosphere, like how One Piece no, is. It's, it's so like, just like you said, it's maybe this just and, encapsulates it. <laughs> it's for me, it's like not good. I don't think I'll ever love a live anime or live adaptation of an anime unless it's like pretty grounded, like a very grounded story. And the first couple arcs of One Piece, it would Piece, have to be an anime One that is, is grounded. <laughs> One Piece is goofy in like, silly even from the beginning and like there's powers and stuff like that but it gets way crazy by the end so if they want to tell the whole story they need to amp up the budget massively because where it's at now (laughs) is not gonna pass in the future with fucking thriller bark arc dude like every object eventually every object in one piece becomes alive like whole cake arc and thriller bark like everything is alive everything moves like houses tools like gravestones like all of this shit has like a face on it and it is like alive and moving so if they are like going to be faithful what and do fuck? that they need to amp up the budget to make it look well good maybe right they're now. really hoping that like this is going to be big which apparently well, it, was, it is it passed and it, what did it pass stranger things and wednesday's record oh yeah that's right it, this is like the most yeah this is like the new most or something <laughs> yeah so yeah, so I, I guess yeah. I'm when you get, get when you do that, that well, you're just gonna get more money. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I after well, I watched the one, I'm like, may, I'm interested in maybe watching another one, but like I was not sold after one episode. No, yeah, I'm not sold either. I I won't even watch it. I don't want to contribute to those numbers. I know, <laughs> I know right now that I'm not gonna like it, so I'm not gonna hate watch it and force myself to watch seven more hours of that. Um, I'm good on one episode, but, um, yeah, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad someone that, you know, usually we align pretty close on movies and you do watch anime. So I was interested to see, to hear what you thought. And I'm glad I'm not way off base here. I know you're not a one piece fan in particular, but just, I don't, or a live action, uh, (laughs) anime fan. Yeah. I didn't even like the death note that you and Joshua were okay with. So. Okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> not that I love that movie either. That's a three-star movie. I just don't understand the vitriol for that, like the half-star, one-star. Yeah, well, movies. okay. If people hate that so much, I don't get why they exactly. love this why so much. Why is this like? <laughs> right. That has some style to it. Holy shit. Yeah, at least it's trying to do its own it's thing. Just high school theater-looking fucking production. <laughs> like, God. Okay, yeah, that's all I have on One Piece. All right. Uh, let's see. I did watch um, Elemental because it's now on Disney Plus. Yep. I think it's Jacob, pi- is that Pixar? Is that <laughs> that's not Pixar? Is it? That's uh, just yeah. Disney? That was a Pixar. No, I think it is that Pixar? Was Pixar. Yes. All right. 100%. So the newest Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay. They are kind of falling like after Soul, like. Kind of lost their soul a little bit, maybe. Oh, I'm just kidding. It's not bad. Like, I think it is a good story. And actually, I watched a a little bit of like the documentary about the making of it. 
And like hearing that makes me want to like it more, but I can't do that. Like, I'm not going to increase the score because like, I like the director's story and how he came to yeah, be in this position of making it. <laughs> yeah. We need to do homework to make it better. Yeah, It's yeah. like, no, like it looks good. It has some interesting like concepts and everything, but I, ultimately like the story itself. It's I mean, just, the like, premise is made for Pixar. Like, you know, that where they, the world building and stuff like, People always, you know, talk about that, like having like the elements in play. It just seems like something that they would do well with, but <clears throat> I don't know how interesting it, it's. It does. They do do well with it. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know. It's almost Avatar like, I guess, but where you mm-hmm. have, I mean, Last Airbender, not Avatar <laughs> for people who don't know Last Airbender. But yeah, it's just like, you know, fire are kind of the it, it's very much race based right it's like water right, yeah. can maybe be like the white people because everyone i mean who doesn't like water right <laughs> they're the majority so like everyone has this good outlook of white people and then like fire can be like people a person of color that has like the dark look to them and like they don't like them because they're dangerous look at mm-hmm. them they're dangerous right so like it's but it's at the same time it's very on the nose right oh yeah yeah and then he just the way it, it the like love interest the water guy is introduced and everything he's just like too good too nice where it's like and then it falls into a lot of the traps of like okay when they're getting along when are they gonna get have a falling out and how is that gonna be brought together and everyone's gonna be happy so it's just like even though it's going into like more interesting topics it it just like brushes the surface of that and really it's just like more of things that we've already seen a million times before versus like soul was for me a much more like existential and interesting deep movie whereas this is like Mm -hmm. important and what's saying but like a lot of things say this but i guess like if i'm gonna watch like recommend like a more deep movie versus this for like teenage mutant ninja turtles this would be a better one for like kids because at least maybe they are indoctrinated with these topics that are more important versus the other one didn't really touch on that. But yeah, overall it's, it's just doesn't really do anything special. I mean, it's all right. Exactly. And maybe I, I mean, like, I, I could maybe watch it again sometime, but I'm not really sure. It used to do, it used to do, we used to have like adult themes and like weave those in with the kids movie. And it sounds like this is just, to surface level for adults so it's mostly a kids movie yeah well i mean at least for adults like like me or you or other people who care about any kind of topics like this like i'm already understand the hardships of what a lot of people are going through so it's not like i'm getting anything from it but maybe like people who don't think of this and can get oh like the fire oh this is like the racism and, and stuff maybe they're okay <laughs> it's like yeah we could show sure. it to MAGA adults and it, it would be yeah them, but, but then they probably just wouldn't get that it's talking yeah, it's literally talking about race but yeah it's just very on the nose with its concept like at one point he's eating food from the fire people and it's spicy and you know like i mean it like hurts him because you know he's water and it's hot, hurts so it's like spicy food to a white person uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> so I, it's just like it's so obvious i don't know it's not subtle enough i guess 
it's not enough there. But enough the documentary about the about the making of this movie, well worth a watch. Very interesting. Very proud of him watched, to get this far. Is it documentary feature length? Or what are we looking at here? I didn't watch the whole thing, maybe. Oh. <laughs> I just like started it. I probably watched like half an hour of it. So I think it might be pretty long. Oh wow. Okay. But yeah, it's all um, about the director and interesting story. More interesting than this. What'd you land on? Uh also a three. Huge. Though it's right, a heavy um, thing. That's all I have, unless you want to hear about Vanderpump rules, which aired over ten years ago. <laughs> if you want. No, I'm kidding. Do you have anything else? No, that was it. Oh, okay, perfect. Well, I think that'll do it. A little bit of a shorter episode this time, but uh we will return, hopefully in full force. Josh can get his life together. Isn't the next one? You don't have time? (laughs) Manage your time better, okay? So, you want. Isn't the Saw one the next one, or is that the one after that? That's next week, or the week after, unfortunately. Uh, Next week, we do have some options, though. Um, I don't know how hyped you guys are for the new Spy Kids, but uh, that's. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I would say it lives inside. I've never seen an expense. So, Expendables is the big release. I've never seen any of the Expendables. I've seen so, the first two or three, and then I was like, isn't there like already this, four or something? This is the fourth one, so you might have oh, seen so them. maybe I've seen them all. <laughs> I don't yeah. think I've seen three. I've seen at least the first two, and I think I hated the second one so much, I'm like, was done with it. But oh, I heard the second one's like the best one. But um, Well, one was an interesting new idea of bringing these old guys back, and two was oh, just right, like, oh, and now it's, okay, yeah. that novelty's off. That makes sense. Well, um, okay, so Expendables is a big release. I've never seen any of them, so I don't have a lot of interest in that. Um, I don't know how wide this is, but It Lives Inside is this uh, Friday. That's the new South by Southwest midnight horror film that won Best uh, best Horror Film at South by. Um, and then I believe Dumb Money... Oh no, that's next week that it expands. Damn it. So I we probably won't be able to see that. But um yeah, it's really it lives inside or expendables. Um it I lives mean, inside is horror. more think, interest that um, yeah, and it lives inside. I think Josh would be as well. So if we're if we're speaking for him, his vote would be it lives inside. My vote would be it lives inside. It sounds like you're and I definitely will well. be able to watch it because it's a showing already. Okay, cool. <laughs> Here, so. So let's plan on that. And uh, if we have any changes, I don't know, we'll throw it out in the ether. But um, yeah, I guess in the meantime, if you want to send us a question or comment, you can email us at sudsandcinemapodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at sudsandcinemapodcast. I am on Letterboxd and Untapped at the KG Project. I am on both those as JSAL517. That's JSAL517. All right, thanks for listening. Cheers, guys.
This is episode 169 and 69. Nice. Because uh, I, I had no idea actually when it was, <laughs> what episode number this was. Okay, wait. We're not on 169. 